What's going on, Belly Up Sports fam? Shaka Cummings filling in with the hardcore honeys, filling in for TJ, who's on vacation. We got Penny and Jade talking to us today about the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Hardcore honeys, how are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing good. And yourself? Life is good. I have no complaints. I get to hang out with you guys for a little bit. So my life is doing pretty well, I would say. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we appreciate you filling in for T- TJ, too. Thank I you. Hope, I just hope that he's somewhere sunny. That's <laughs> 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 Okay, so let's talk about the Eastern Conference. Let's talk about the bottom of the Eastern Conference, actually. It looks like, in terms of the standings, the top six seeds are pretty much set, right? Milwaukee's kind of dominating everyone. You got Toronto, which I know makes Jade happy. In the two seed, Boston, Miami, Indiana, Philly. Those seeds seem pretty set. And then you get to the seven seed and eight seed, where you got Brooklyn and Orlando. And then you've got several teams at the bottom that are within a few games of each other, even some teams that you wouldn't expect, teams like Detroit and Charlotte. So thinking about Brooklyn, Orlando, Chicago, Washington, Detroit, Charlotte, let's talk about their chances and realistically being that eighth seed in the East, or even that seventh seed in the East. Um, how about we start with Michael Jordan's own Charlotte Hornets? So, Penny, what are you thinking about the Hornets and their chances of finishing in the playoffs? Oh, no chance at all. <laughs> they're pretty young. They never get far in the in the in their seed. Like they're always at the bottom. I don't know what's going on with Michael Jordan and the Hornets. But they never get to seem to get top five, top six, even top seven in the Eastern Conference seed. So I don't know what's going on with them. Especially without Kemba, it would seem like it's a tough sell. Uh, Jade, what do you think about the Hornets? Yeah, I'm with Penny on that. I mean, I wouldn't even have expected them to be in the eighth seed race this season. So they've exceeded my expectations a bit. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's the way the organization is run or that they're just, they're missing a piece still, but I, I would put money on them, not making, making up the difference to make it to eight seed this year. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I'm a university of Kentucky graduate and they've got a couple of ex cats on the team. So I'm sad to hear that, but (laughs) it sounds quite realistic based on the way that they perform. Um, Let's go to the Motor City. Let's talk about Detroit. Andre Drummond, Derrick Rose. There's talent there, certainly. Um, What do we think about their chances of maybe making that climb? Right now, they are, it looks like, about six and a half games as we do this pod out of the eighth seed. So what are the chances for the Detroit Pistons, you guys think, to make that climb? No chance at all. (laughs) Same. (laughs) I think right now the Pistons are, are a smoldering dumpster fire just waiting to ignite. Wow. They have they've got issues. They've got issues there. And for what it for what would be needed for them to make up those games to get into the eighth seed, I think the dysfunction is just too much. If they can move Andre Drummond before tomorrow, maybe. But what? uh I don't think their chances are very good. What if I shifted things on you? What if I said that the Pistons 
were only five games out of the eight seed because I was accidentally looking at Charlotte. So the Pistons are only five games out of the eight <laughs> seed. Um, does that change anything? Derek Rose in this season that he's had, does that change anything for you guys? That would be a no. negative for me. That wouldn't change anything. No, me neither. Because Blake is always injured. You Really, you only got uh, Derek Rose. Derek Rose is doing it all by himself, so they have no chance at all, in my opinion. Yeah. And even though Andre Drummond is having a pretty solid season, like he's had a lot of double-double performances, but his attitude, I think, is bringing the team down. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Okay. Even with an ex-MVP, we're going <laughs> to move on from Detroit. And uh, can we stick with Detroit a little bit? What do you guys think about the trade deadlines coming up? You guys see Derrick Rose moving? What impact do you think he could have if he was moved? That obviously would put Detroit out of it, right? What oh, impact do you sure. think that he could have if he was moved to a team? I think Derrick Rose is the kind of guy that could benefit any team wherever he is. He's got the talent. He's got the work ethic. He he never seems to be the center of drama, really, on a team, even though he's had problems in his career. As far as within a team, he always seems to be pretty universally liked. Yep, I agree with that. I still see him in the Eastern Conference. I don't see him going to the Western Conference if anything happens with a trade they learn. Yeah, I don't know why either, but now that you say that, I I would agree with that. I don't see him landing anywhere in the West either. Right. It's funny. Some of the rumors that are out there are Kyle Kuzma to Detroit, and then Derrick Rose may be going to the West. Oh, uh, that's a good look. I like I, that. I mean, obviously... With LeBron handling the ball the majority of the time in L.A., there might be some issues there with two guys trying to handle the ball. But something like that could, I mean, maybe tip the uh, the balance in the West. What what, about, what if Masai Ujiri made something happen in Toronto? Would that be a fit? Do you think that Derrick Rose, um, along with Kyle Lowry, could they coexist, Jade? I think because they're both such professionals, they could both coexist. But I think, I don't see the Raptors making any moves. I think they're happy where they are. Um, with Fred Van Vliet is on his on his way to take over from Kyle Lowry as, at point guard. Um, it's Nick Nurse, though. He's a freaking genius when it comes to unusual lineups, things that you wouldn't expect to work. So in terms of could it work, I absolutely think it could, but I would be surprised if Toronto makes any trades. And that makes a lot of sense. As a Nick fan, I, I hope that Masai Ujiri decides that he likes New York. We'll talk oh, about bite your time. tongue. <laughs> we'll talk about that maybe another time. Uh, let's, let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk Washington. So um, right now, as we sit, Washington four and a half games out of the eight seed. Um, I actually wrote an article on Belly Up Sports about Bradley Beal being snubbed in terms of the All-Star team. So yeah. I'm high on him. I like Washington a lot, uh, especially when I see Orlando and Brooklyn at the bottom. What do you guys think of Washington, their chances of maybe climbing up to that eight seed? I think they could make it happen. Definitely. They deserve to be top eight. I'm surprised they're that low. Let me see. They're what? They're number 10. Yeah, they should be top eight. Uh, I'm not really surprised at where they are based on last season. They've made huge strides over their record from last season. Whether or not they make it up, I don't know. I um, I'm, Their next little bit of their schedule, they're definitely a string of games that they 
could win. Um, they've got the Mavericks tomorrow and the Grizzlies Sunday, which I expect to be losses for the Wizards. But yeah. they've got the Bulls, Knicks, Cavaliers, Bulls again for their next five games after that. Um, and those, those Bulls matchups are going to be huge because Chicago is a half game ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, those games are going to be huge as we start looking at the bottom of the uh, of the playoff bracket in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, can we talk a little bit about Bradley Beal? Because uh, that bothers me so much. What do you guys <laughs> What do you guys think of the Eastern Conference leaving Beal off of the squad? Like, uh, how does How does that happen? Do you guys think that Bradley Beal should be an All Star? Are you okay with him not being a reserve? Here's what I'll say about all the people that got left off that felt snubbed. First of all, I read your article, and uh, thank you. <laughs> I I can't stand with you on Beal over Kyle Lowry, but I might be just a little bit biased. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. I understand. But in terms of everyone that got left off, and I had this conversation with the hoops department at Belly Up too. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not upset about anybody that got left off because of their team records. I don't think if you're going to leave off Booker and Bradley Beal and one other person, I can't remember who was mentioned. If you're going to leave those guys off, Trey Young shouldn't be in it this year. Oh, interesting. So like, Trey- They're 13 and 38. If you're going to leave Devin Booker off in the West, you should leave Trey Young off in the East. Now, Trey Young made it based on the fan vote, correct? So I, that's maybe outside of... Yeah, maybe. I, I, Bradley Beal, though, I mean, there, there are people constantly making decisions and saying 28 points is not an all-star. Um, well, that's ridiculous. Who said what? Who said that? Well, I mean, whoever's picking the results. <laughs> so I believe that that's... Um, there are players that are involved with that and writers that are involved with that, if and I'm correct. Coaches. And, and coaches. coaches. So um, they're looking at Bradley Beal, sixth leading scorer in the NBA, and saying that that's not good enough. They're, they're crazy. They need to be fired. That is. <laughs> What's wrong with them? <laughs> I, like, for me, for Beal, I think it's more a matter of not everybody can make it. Like, there's just not enough spots for maybe everybody who's been playing. And maybe that's something the league needs to look at. Maybe there needs to be more fluidity in the number of spots. You know, but I he definitely to- deserves to be an all-star. That's no question. I had this conversation with someone that I don't I don't know why we're not at 15. Like, I don't know why the magic number has to be 12, even if guys sat on the bench and didn't play. Yeah. I mean, what's, the, what's the big deal? It's like uh, Major League Baseball has their all-star game. There's guys who don't get into the game. Who cares? I mean, the reality is I, maybe it's the ownership because they don't want to pay the bonus. I don't know. But it would seem like if, uh, if a guy like Bradley Beal and a guy like Devin Booker, again, sixth and eighth respectively in scoring get left off, Feels like there's something wrong with the system. Yeah. Um, not to get too far off of the <laughs> off of what we're talking about here. The bottom of the Eastern Conference in terms of the playoffs, we're talking about uh, really seven and eight seeds because we got teams that are so close uh, at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And now we go to Chicago. Interesting squad. Um, Zach Levine, former dunk champion, exciting as all get out, and uh, that squad has a lot of young talent on it right now. Four games out of the eight seed, uh, and as Jade mentioned, has a couple games coming up with Washington that obviously could be pivotal as we look at the bottom. Uh, Penny, what are you thinking in terms of Chicago's chances? Can they climb up? Could they get to that eight seed? 
Well, honestly, I haven't been watching the Bulls much, so I have no idea how they even playing, how they playing together. I'm just wondering how Kobe White has been doing this season. You guys uh, know? He, he's been pretty good. Yeah, he's uh, had his moments. I, what's that? I, I just said he definitely has had his moments for a rookie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Uh, in terms of them making it to eighth, um, Chicago's young. They're the second youngest team by age and the third least experienced team by years in the NBA. I don't think this is going to be their year. And in terms of them as a team, I'm not really sure what it is about them. It just feels like they're missing something. Somebody with a bit of a pop, somebody with some intensity um, that I think they they need to add before they they can look at being in the playoffs. So we were. I mean, this is going to be a crazy <laughs> point that I'm going to bring up, but we were talking about <laughs> Derrick Rose before. Um, obviously, former Chicago Bull. It almost feels like if they had that level of a veteran presence, Derrick yeah, Rose, Derrick Rose obviously wouldn't be a fit because of his past with Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. Right. Someone like an Andre Iguodala, I get that he does, he wants to be on a winner, but someone with that level of presence, do you think that something like that could maybe push Chicago over the edge? Yeah, I think that's totally along the lines of what I'm thinking of. Who would be out there for them to get? Like, who would be someone that you look at Chicago and their youth and you say, man, if within reason, obviously, they could acquire this guy, mm-hmm. then they, they're definitely going to be not only at, uh, in the playoffs, but maybe even challenge the one or two seed? Mm. Good question. That's a very good question. <laughs> the uh, only people I'm thinking is from the West. Yeah, I automatically thought, I was thinking um, Rajon Rondo. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. Why Rondo? I don't think... I think the way that LA is made up right now, he's being underutilized a little bit. Um, and I think if he was, if he had a team where he'd be able to take more of a leadership role, like a young team, like the bulls, I think it would be one of those trades that would be great for his career. And like you said, he has that veteran presence. He's a point guard. Um, so that could be like just the kind of intangible thing that the bulls might need to take that next step. Penny, who do you think maybe Chicago could pick up that would push them over the edge? Same. That's a good question. I'm trying to think of who's even available to throw some suggestions. Right, right. That's the, that's the issue I'm having. <laughs> um, uh, Rondo actually potentially could be, right? If, if L.A. decides, hey, um, we're looking to, I don't know, get younger, or if they decide that maybe Rondo was some sort of an issue. I haven't heard anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, what about Penny? What about someone like Marcus Morris from the Knicks? I don't know if um, I know that he's on the block. I don't know if Chicago would be interested in a guy like that. Um, that's someone who pops into mind just because he's kind of a veteran, tough guy, and maybe some of that could rub off on the team. Do you think that that would be good for that mix of young guys? I don't think so. I really don't think so. He will. I don't think he will make a good fit with the Bulls. How come? I don't know. I just have a gut feeling he won't he won't be a good fit. I can't pinpoint it, but I just I don't think he'll be a good fit for the Bulls. 
That's fair enough. I get those feelings. <laughs> Marcus Morris gives people a lot of vibes. Um. Especially, especially what he just said about the, wasn't it female tendencies? Wasn't he on the blogs about that? Was it him? Interestingly enough, that was a part of the fast break question. So let's just do it. Oh, right. I didn't know. That. You know what? Right now. Um, so I, I, I brought up Marcus Morris, obviously, as a part of the trade, but I was going to ask you guys just about um, those comments. Real, and realistically, actually, if we're looking at Charlotte, the Knicks actually aren't that far out either. I mean, the Knicks are only a game behind Charlotte in terms of the standings. But mm -hmm. uh, Marcus Morris, there's the altercation in New York, uh, the end of the game stuff. Uh, you know, Alfred Payton, the elbow, the, the, the steal, whatever. Marcus yeah. Morris makes those comments after after the game and references female tendencies. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about how you receive that as you hear comments like that from someone who has the NBA stage and uh, mass media in front of him. And those are the comments that he chooses to make. Well, I personally well, found it offended. You know, I was offended by his remarks. Like he's just saying, Oh, you play like a girl. I think that's what he, he was referring to, oh, you play like a girl. Yeah, that's how I took it, too. And, like, as a woman who played in a men's rec league for five years, the only woman in the rec league, that just, it really bothered me. Like, yeah. I was that person that took charges and the guys thought I was going to move. You know? <laughs> and that's why they still went, oh, she's going to move. No, I wasn't going to move. So the that phraseology is bothersome to me I don't know what his personal relationships are like like I don't know if he's married or whatever mm -hmm. but like it seems to me that any man who has women in his life should know better right I was surprised and like, what did he just say he yeah. he made a lot of WNBA players so mad and a lot of women too you should have seen the Twitter reactions he got yeah it was rough but deserved, well deserved. Well deserved, yes, definitely. Yeah, his Twitter exploded. Um, does it does it soothe things a little bit that he apologized as quickly as he did, or I, I don't know. I'm just curious how you guys feel. He, he uh, basically he makes the comments. He goes on Twitter. I want to say like within the half an hour, right? Apologizes yep. for the comments. Does that make a difference for you guys at all? I mean, I, the comments were still made. Obviously, does that soothe anything? No, that didn't change my mind. It was most like he was forced to to make an apology. I don't think it came from his heart. Because that quickly to apologize, made the comment, and then apologize so quickly, that kind of seemed iffy to me. See, and I'm a little bit on the fence on it. Like, for me, I always appreciate someone's attempt to apologize, I guess. And I understand that the the things he said at the end of the game, he was worked up, it was emotional, Blah, 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 blah. But, like, ironically, <laughs> it could be considered a bit emotional, a.k.a. quote-unquote female, Tendency. to just say whatever's on your mind because you're mm -hmm. emotional at the time. So, like, it's a little bit ironic that that was his choice of words as he's saying something emotionally without stopping to think it through, which is traditionally thought of to be kind of a, a, a woman's reaction to things. Mm -hmm. So, and so the, I mean, the thing that I found funny 
was that uh, <laughs> that Jay says she appreciates his attempt to apologize. And I'm just thinking, wow, that's so Canadian. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Canadians are going to blow up my Twitter. My dad used to live in Montreal. I love that place. So uh, I love Canada. Um, <laughs> so, so now let's, uh, let's go right in Penny's wheelhouse, the eighth seed, the Orlando Magic. Uh, Mark- Markel Fultz, I mean, he's, he seems like he's got everything together. We got Aaron Gordon, who's going to be in the dunk contest again, which I'm excited to see. Right. Uh, or, absolutely. Uh, so Orlando currently sits at eight. They are a half game out of the seventh seed. What are the chances of Orlando holding that spot? What are the chances of them maybe even climbing up to seven? Uh, what do you guys think about the Orlando Magic this season? Well, I cover them this season. I went to a couple of games. And I wouldn't think they would be in the eighth seed. Because the way they play with their passion, they have young players, they have Folds, they have Aaron, they have Terrence Ross, they have Nicola. I mean, they have pieces. They could definitely be on the eighth spot or seventh spot, so they could move up. I just don't know what's going on with them lately. And they have Mamba, so. Yeah, I think yeah, that... I, uh... I would tend... I would tend to agree with that. It would not surprise me to see by the end of the season to see the Nets slip to eighth and the Magic finish seventh. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the big piece with Orlando is their home road split, right? So Penny's obviously seen them in Orlando yeah. where they have a winning record. They're 13 and 12 at home. They are nine and nine and 16 on the road. Wow. Um, nice. And so, yeah, no uh, wonder. Th- yeah, this, it's definitely a different feeling when you go into that building and you got to play that team with that young talent versus when they go on the road. What do you guys attribute that to? Like, what I, I get that they're young. Maybe it is just that they're young. The fact that there's such a disparity between Orlando at home versus Orlando on the road. Uh, Penny, as someone who covers the team, what is there, is there is there a piece there that you can see as to why there's such a disparity? I think you said I think they're just a young team. Well, you know, they have a they had um, new pieces. They added new pieces, folds. They have rookies. So I think it's the young squad. They have to, you know, build that chemistry, get to know each other. So I think that's what's affecting them. But they got the pieces. They just got to work better together. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with that, too. I think it's for the magic. It's an inexperienced thing. It's an interesting conversation because then if you go up to the six, the Sixers are also absolute garbage on the road this season. Mm-hmm. But they have the best record in the league at home. So it's hard to say what what it is with them. But in the Magic, I, I agree with Penny. I think it's an experience thing. It, it takes time to learn to function as a team in a hostile environment. Yep. And Aaron, he's been having an on on and off season. He hasn't been truly uh, consistent, so I think that's affecting them too. Mm. He should have been having a better season by now. Absolutely. What I what I see at home covering them. Absolutely. Um, as we look at Orlando and those young pieces, Penny, I'm just curious of your thoughts. It, let's say that they can keep the squad together. So we're assuming free agency, everything works out. What do you see this team in like? three years? What do you see this team in five years, considering the talent that they have? Do you see them as a potential contender in the East, or do you think that there's a ceiling on where what they could achieve? No, I definitely see them as a contender in the East. They definitely got the players to do it. They got Jonathan Isaac. He's really good. 
and he's having a he's having a, a good season too. I see them as top five in the Eastern Conference. Ooh, they'd have to pass some folks. That means yeah, but in a couple <laughs> of years, two or three years from now. No, no, absolutely. I'm just thinking about the folks who would have to maybe fall to them. I'm one like because if they're if they're top five, right? A team like Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, mm-hmm. um, Miami signed Jimmy Butler for a while. They have some young pieces. Philly, obviously Brooklyn's going to get healthy in a few years. So they would definitely have to climb it. So now I'm looking at the top here, and I'm wondering, okay, who could Orlando pass to maybe get to that top five spot? Um, it just looks tough, but they do right. have a lot of young pieces. Yep. Uh, I think they could pass. I think they could sit in five. I don't see the Celtics being as good as they've been. Um, I think they overachieved early in the season, and I think it's starting to show a little bit now. Uh, the Pacers, it's hard to tell. Oladipo's just getting back, so there's going right. to be some there's adjustment period there. Mm-hmm. The Sixers, if the Sixers yeah. don't decide to go with either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, they're going to be crap. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Katie and Kyrie is going to work out on the Nets. And like Penny, that's just a gut feeling, and I've said that yeah. ever since they joined yeah, forces out there. I, I just don't think it's going to work. What is it about that dynamic that you... I know you said gut feeling, but is it the way that they play or is it truly just gut? No, it's that neither of those two, neither Kyrie or KD are leaders. KD just is not a leader. Kyrie likes to think he is, but he doesn't know the first thing about it. <laughs> and he just got injured again. And that. <laughs> so they've I, been having a tough season. Let's let's jump to Brooklyn. Let's talk about them a little bit because, um, Jade, you don't know how many sentiments you just expressed that I've been talking to folks about. Uh, Kyrie, <laughs> I mean, I, Kyrie was on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. He was the first pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Before LeBron gets there, Cleveland still has the first pick in the draft, and he's supposed to lead the team. Then LeBron gets there, and the whole paradigm for how the NBA thinks about Kyrie shifts. Yeah. So now Kyrie... Kevin, both in Brooklyn. They're currently sitting in the seventh seed. So let's start there. Do you guys think that they're going to hold and make the playoffs? Do you, especially with Kyrie being in and out of the lineup, do you think that they have enough to hold steady even if Kyrie doesn't come back the rest of the season? I think if Kyrie doesn't come back for the rest of the season, they're more likely to make the playoffs than if he does. Oh. Well, they have been playing better without him. He is, he's not he doesn't have a good effect on teams and I wrote about this a little bit um on Martin Luther King Day where he compared himself to Martin Luther King like a crazy person um (laughs) I I read that that was awesome (laughs) and that's the thing about him like he he fancies himself a leader but there's something about him that is not he's not a stable leader and that's why the only team that thrived that he was on was Cleveland when LeBron was there, because LeBron is the alpha. Right. It was his influence on the team that made them good. It had nothing to do with Kyrie, and Kyrie's failed to do it in Boston and now again in Brooklyn. I, I am yeah. standing up and, like, hallelujah, praise. Like, I... <laughs> I Jay, I've been seeing things. I promise you. LeBron takes Cleveland to the finals the year that Kyrie goes to Brooklyn. 
Like, and I get that he made a shot and won a championship in Cleveland. Like, I get that. That's awesome. Good job, Kyrie. And LeBron. He's playing with LeBron and people like, I don't know. Um, let's let's talk about what Brooklyn can be then. We touched on that a little bit. Kevin Durant comes back next season. Um, he's going to have that whole season off. It's very, I, I'm wondering if they just hold Kyrie out at some point because the reality is it may be, it may best suit them to just figure out what they got beyond Kyrie because even if they want to do some things in the offseason, make some trades or bring in another piece, they could figure all that out. Um, See, the, re- the problem that I think the Nets have, again, it's a leadership problem. Kevin Durant is also not a leader. He's an incredible basketball player, not the same as being a leader. And with Kyrie being Kyrie and KD not not having that leadership instinct, I think that they're going to be discombobulated. And if they do need to bring in someone else, that person needs to be a leader. And what's Kyrie and KD going to do when when they're trying to be like, okay, this is this guy's team? Along with that, I think part of the reason that KD went to Brooklyn was to try and prove something, try and shake off some of that uh, stigma that's been following him since he joined Golden State the way he did. And I think that he wants to be the leader there. And even though they're buds and they're excited about playing together, I don't know if they're going to be able to coexist when both of them want to be leaders on that team. Yeah, it's not going to (laughs) work. It's not going to (laughs) work. You want to elaborate a little bit, Penny? Well, I think Jay said it all. It's just <laughs> them too. I know they're friends and they want to play together, but I just don't think it's going to work. I, you know, them playing together at the same time, I don't see it happening. Is there a possibility I mean, that one of them gets traded? Like, what if this thing stops? What if this thing doesn't work out? Could you see anyone? Like that almost, I don't even know. That'd be crazy for Brooklyn to make that investment and then think about moving one. But if it goes as wrong as you guys are saying, that could be a possibility, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But who wants who wants KD or Kyrie? Just the way they a, are mentally. A team that already has an alpha could use KD. That's think- somebody that just needs a little extra something. Uh, but... KD's going to have to, KD worries too much about what people think of him. If he's going to be successful again, I think he needs to leave behind the idea that he's going to lead a team. I just don't, I don't see that in him. Like, I mean, the man's mama had to stick up for him on Twitter. Like, that's not, (laughs) that's not leadership to me. (laughs) That's that's why my mom doesn't have a Twitter. I'm like, if they come at me, just leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, would that not be mortifying? I, I would be mortified if I was somebody that lots of people knew and my mom's on Twitter sticking up for me as I'm a grown-ass woman. Like, I would be mortified. But where did KD land? Where would he go? And I'm thinking, who wants KD and his issues? You know what's funny is that I think KD is easier to move than Kyrie. I yeah. agree. Right, yeah, yeah. That we agree on, yeah. I'm wondering, like, I would imagine that if you're Brooklyn, KD's the one you keep. Kyrie's the one that's got to go. And he yeah. is, like, yeah, he's he's Martin Luther King. He is flat earth. He is. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> Could you imagine him in a locker room with someone like Rajon Rondo or someone like Marcus no. Moore? Oh, like, my God. Real they might punch him in the face. 
Like, yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> um, so we we've talked about the the teams that are kind of at the bottom. I'm just so uh, with with Philadelphia really being eight games ahead in the sixth spot, it it feels like it would be uh, almost impossible task for anyone to maybe catch Philly. Mm-hmm. So of the teams yeah. we mentioned, Charlotte, Detroit, Washington, Chicago, Orlando. Brooklyn, best seven, eight seed. Both of those are up. Who are the two teams that you guys feel are most likely to secure those seven, eight seeds? I would say Orlando. Orlando, and I'm going to go with the crazy take, the Wizards. That's so funny because that's what I was going to (laughs) say. I don't know. I don't see the Nets uh, making the playoffs. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they slipped out. Yeah. Like, not even a little bit. Orlando and Wizards for me. Yeah. For the 7th and 8th. Yeah, I put the Magic 7th and the Wizards 8th. Um, would it change your minds at all if I mentioned that Brooklyn is 14 and 12 at home? And of the teams that we're talking about, they not only have the most wins at home, but they also have the best home record. Would that shift thought any any little bit? <laughs> so just so that everyone knows, as we tape this, Brooklyn is fourteen and twelve at home. Right. Thirteen and twelve at home. Uh, the other teams that we're talking about all have losing records at home, and they clearly all the teams that we're talking about have losing records on the road. So right. that the fact that Brooklyn has been successful at home maybe shift a little bit. I mean, the Wizards right now are currently they're almost five hundred. They're eleven and twelve at home. They are six right. and twenty on the road. I mean, hot garbage when they come into your building. <laughs> I'm just looking at the net back half of their schedule. Um, I I see a lot of losses in in the second half of their schedule. Mm-hmm. The next little bit is going to be up and down. I think they've got the Warriors. They've got the Raptors twice uh, by the twelfth. Uh-huh. They've got the Pacers. I think the Pacers can beat them. They got the yeah. Sixers, and then they've got a little stretch where it's Hornets, Magic, Wizards, Hawks. But oh, then they, they got the Heat, the Celtics, the Grizzlies, the Spurs. Ooh. Oh my God, Lakers, they're gonna be like twelve. Yeah, so like just based on their the schedule they have left, they've got late in the season. They got the Blazers, they've got the Mavericks, uh, the Thunder, the Bucks is their last game of the season. Like. I don't know. I see too many L's in, in their back half of the season for me to to change my mind on that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they, they end up 10th in the Eastern. With that schedule ahead? And with Kyrie coming back at some point? Yeah. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that, like, do we all three agree that the Nets would be better off holding Kyrie out the rest of the season? Yeah. I, yep, I do. So it's crazy that they would even consider bringing him back. But, yeah, I, I almost feel like they'd be better off without him. Um, so with Orlando and Washington then being the teams that you guys think are in, um, let's, what, those potential playoff matchups, the, the, the 1-8 would be pretty set. Um, it'd be interesting at two. But right now it'd be uh, Milwaukee then. And uh, if we say Washington is the 8. That's a sweep. Okay, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Incidentally, Chris <laughs> is someone you can leave off the All Star team too if you're going to put Beal on. But let's not go too crazy. Um, what do you What do you think, Penny? If it was Milwaukee, Washington, yeah, the Bucks would just beat them. I don't even know that that'd be much of a challenge. What about yeah, that's not a challenge at all. What if Orlando was the eight, Penny? Oh, then we're off Milwaukee. Then we're talking. They're, Orlando probably will win one game, one or two games. That's what I was gonna say. But the Bucks will, yeah, they'll they'll win Bucks the series. And five. Yeah. So it's Milwaukee is that team. Milwaukee actually reminds me a lot of Toronto traditionally, and that they're a team they never play mm-hmm. down to their competition. Never. <laughs> I think Milwaukee would sweep. I there is not a single team that we just talked about that I think could take a game off Milwaukee in that first round. No. What about Toronto? So, like, uh, let's say that Orlando, this is basically, by the way, this is basically Penny versus Jade, this matchup. So, I'm rooting for this. 2-7. <laughs> Toronto versus Orlando. What do you guys see if that was the series? That's easy. Toronto. You think or- no arguments here. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you think Orlando could get a game, Penny? Probably, a, probably one game. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll say that too. I think they yeah. could take one game. Would it scare you at all, Jay? The fact that if we think about Toronto's playoff history, Sands last year, does that scare you at all with a team like Orlando that's been successful at home? Or Not even just... a little bit, and I'll okay. tell you why. So a lot of people thought Toronto was going to take a huge step back because Kawhi left, and this is something okay. I've written about. It's something I've been saying. Yes, he was the driving factor on the court behind them winning last year. It doesn't happen without him. I'm not delusional. I understand that. But even though he's gone, he changed those guys he played with. He left something behind that they're going to carry with them for the rest of their career. And it's championship swag, for lack of a better term. They are a different team, even though all the same core guys are there. They are day and night different from the season before Kawhi was there till now. And it's it's even weird for me as a fan. It's still odd to watch them just be so businesslike and never panic and just do what they have to do every game, every possession. So, no, I'm not worried. Yep, I agree. (laughs) They was just used to they were used to not having a superstar anyway. Yeah. So they were a team regardless of Kawhi or not. So it didn't make a, it made a, a little bit of difference, but they're still winning. So, yeah. And the thing that changed about them, like I've said this before Kawhi, I'm going to have to like coin this as like the year Kawhi is like zero year for the Raptors. Cause before that, even when they were winning, it always felt like things might fall apart at any moment. Right. Like, Everything was always barely controlled. It was barely together. And it doesn't feel like that anymore. What do you attribute that to? Kawhi. Kawhi has unflappable chill. And I think being around that is what some of those guys needed. Also, that DeMar DeRozan is not there because he's very emotional. And he doesn't know how to rein it in the way some players do to make it work for him, it's hit and miss. And if he wasn't on, I think it it affected the team poorly. 
there's definitely a sense of calm when you watch Toronto play, even when they get in a little bit of perceived trouble. That's a team that never feels like they're out of a game. Or a lot of perceived trouble, a.k.a. coming back from 30 down to beat the Mavericks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, it sounds like we've got the 7 and 8 seeds pretty much locked in, right? Orlando, Washington um, being the bottom, which would then put Brooklyn out. Uh, and then the teams that are at the bottom are traditionally some of the teams that we've seen at the bottom. Uh, so if we lock in Orlando and Washington at 7-8, we got the playoffs basically squared away. There will definitely be some movement uh, mm-hmm. between 2 and 6, and there's obviously potential movement between 7-8. Milwaukee's probably going to be stuck at the 1, though. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's definitely going to make the playoffs quite interesting. Um, so are you guys ready? I used to be a point guard in high school. I love running a fast break. You guys, oh, me ready? too. Ready for some faster questions? Yeah, let's do it. There might be too many folks trying to handle the ball here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we 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 let's talk about Milwaukee a little bit. Uh, Over under sixty five and a half wins for the Milwaukee Bucks. So if you say the over, you got them at sixty six wins. Over under sixty five and a half wins for the Bucks. Over. What What do you think is the ceiling for them, Jade? They're on their pace is ridiculous. They say they're not chasing the Warriors record, but eh, I don't know if that's ever actually true. Um, I say they could get 67 wins. Okay. So, Penny, would you take the under? You think they're going to win fewer than uh, 66 games, or you think they're going to win 66 or more? I would say over. 66. Awesome. So you're taking that magic number, 66. Yep. Um, currently, incidentally, they're 43 and 7 as we do this pod. So the Warriors might be tough to catch, but 66 might not be out of the question. Um, mm-hmm. Let's. So obviously, uh, with uh, the helicopter accident from a couple weeks ago, losing Kobe Bryant, uh, such an icon. I don't want to speak to something tragic happening. Rather, I want to speak to the respect around the sports universe that people have had have for Kobe. Um, do you? It, who's the guy in thirty years that folks will look at with that kind of reverence? And keep in mind, I don't. I don't think that LeBron should be in that conversation because I think that LeBron is going to be looked at in that same reverence as Jordan, where it almost feels like uh, almost untouchable. The guy mm-hmm. who folks will look at and say, "Man." I saw that guy play, and he's going to influence the way guys come into the league want to play. They're going to want to wear his number. Who's that guy in 30 years? I would say uh, Curry. Stephon Curry. Awesome. Talk about that a little bit, Penny. Well, obviously, you know, he's a champion. He's he's just great overall off the court. He's such a nice guy, and uh, all the kids love him. They respect him. Everybody just loves him. So I think I see him as the... In 30 years, I see him as as, as much as Kobe got respected. I will see that, too, in 30 years. Yeah, I, I think Steph Curry is a good option, too. I don't think he gets as, as much credit as he actually deserves. Um, a lot of people say, oh, LeBron changed basketball. And, yeah, he did. He changed the way teams approach winning championships. But Steph Curry changed the way the game is played. 
There is no Trey Young pulling up from half court without Steph Curry. There's no 50 million three-point shots being taken by Houston without <laughs> Steph Curry. He changed basketball. He didn't change the way teams play basketball. He changed the actual game. Yeah. Zion Williamson, can he win Rookie of the Year? Not a chance. Nope. Who do you guys got? Is it Ja, obviously? It's Ja all the way. Well, I got my favorite one, Tyler Hero from the Heat. Of course you do. <laughs> of course I do. He's a bucket, guys. My favorite, my favorite rookie. <laughs> I'm a University of Kentucky graduate. I love me some Hero. Um, what if Zion... I mean, is there anything that he could do to potentially approach Rookie of the Year? What would he not have to in, do? Not get injured? <laughs> fair point, fair point. <laughs> Take care of his health? <laughs> I will say, if he can get the Pelicans from 12th to 8th and make the playoffs, I'll give him Rookie of the Year. Oh, okay. What if Jog gets the Grizzlies in as well? I already think it's Jog. Like, the Grizzlies are such a surprise. Um, and yeah, they're only 500, but it's good enough for eighth right now. They're two and a half games ahead of the Trailblazers. Like, who was talking about the Grizzlies in the playoffs when the season started? Nobody was having that conversation. And it ha- have you guys been keeping up on the Twitter beef he's been having? No. He went hard at Steph. Oh, man. I'm missing it. What's It's really entertaining. So um, he said something directed at Iggy. Because as we know, Iggy's being a diva and sitting out while this young team is playing. I still cannot wrap my head around that. Like, why would you not want to be involved in that? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. But anyways. It was actually one of his teammates, right? Wasn't it? It was someone else from the Grizzlies who went at Iggy for wanting to trade. And then Iggy... And then Steph went at that dude, and then Ja went at Steph, right? Something like that. The part that I ended up seeing, I don't think I saw, I don't think I've seen the whole thread. The part that I saw was Steph replying to Ja and basically saying, yeah, but he's got rings kind of thing. Oh, he went there? And then Ja saying like, yeah, that's great. He's got rings. It's great. Steph's got rings, but I ain't scared. I ain't scared of any of you. Oh, and I love it. <laughs> Steph sent a uh, picture of Andre Iguodala holding his championship MVP trophy yeah. from the first ring. And then Ja replied back with a picture of Kevin Durant holding the two MVP trophies. Oh, my and God. And directly to Steph. Yikes. And then, um, and then, the, then fans started getting into it. And I love Ja's response. Somebody said something about respecting Steph. And Ja basically said, it's not that I'm not a fan of Steph. I respect Steph. That guy's a killer, but you know what? I'm a killer too. And I was like, yes, sir. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Um, That's what you want to see. Like, that's the thing to me that was always missing in people like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins out in Minnesota. Yeah. They were good players, like John Morant is, but they did not have that thing about them that he's showing right now that like, yeah, you all are good, but I'm on your level too. Like that grit was not there. Right. We need that competition again. Yeah. It's that dog that like Russell Westbrook has. That's what Josh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need, we need that. 
Yeah, otherwise these guys just all want to play together. So it's exactly. like, yeah, let's let's get a little dog. So um, we are one day removed from, I believe, the largest trade in NBA history, or at least the largest trade since Patrick Ewing got shipped out of shipped away from the Knicks. Yeah. So Houston sent Clint Capella to the Hawks. Um, the 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 Rockets got back Jordan Bell, uh, as well as Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of other pieces. I mean, Shabazz Napier goes places. Evan Turner goes places. I'm I'm just curious what you guys think of the move for the Rockets in particular, sending Capella away and then bringing in Covington and Jordan Bell. Do you guys like that move? I will say the Rockets are so small, you're going to need a microscope to see them now. <laughs> They're so small. Like, I don't I don't know, especially at West when you've got the Lakers to go up against. I uh-huh. don't they're so small now. I don't understand that reasoning. I mean, are they trying to mimic Golden State's death lineup? What do you think, Penny? Yeah, I don't think it was a good move. I don't know what they were thinking. Clint but they're def- playing well, too. Yeah. Um, I, I saw some analytics that actually said that Houston, Houston was playing better when Capella was on the bench. Which really? I, it's crazy because when I watch the Rockets, I don't think that in, instinctually. And I don't yeah. know what metrics they were using, but some, there were metrics out there that showed that the Rockets were actually a better team when they went small. I mean, with the amount of, of threes that they're taking, I guess. I don't know, but the rebounding, though, they're like there's so many long rebounds. I guess that's why right. being smaller down low might be okay. Because the rebounds aren't happening right under the basket with the amount of, of long-range shots they're taking. I mean, it also, I guess, matters who they're going to go up against in the playoffs, right? Like, um, do they match? Like, we think about the top of the West. Do they match up well with a team like the Lakers, with the Clippers, I just being as small as they are? The, the Lakers are going to destroy them at that size. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not going to – I don't think they're going to last in the playoffs. I mean, I wouldn't have thought that anyways. I just think their yeah. their chances are even worse now. Like, I mean, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Javel McGee, like those guys are monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Twin Towers. Um, what I think it'd be interesting if uh, somehow it worked out that the Rockets played Oklahoma City in that first round and Russ had to go off the court. I would love to see that. That'd uh, be really good for the NBA too. Yeah. That would be entertaining. Yeah, for and- sure. And Oklahoma City's got a bit of size, so that would be an interesting matchup in terms of that small ball lineup versus Oklahoma City um, and their size that they have. The 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 uh, last uh, the last fast break question that I have, and uh, this is right up your alley, Penny. Uh, Sabrina Inescu, I watch her play, and in my mind, I'm like, she could do it. She could come into the WMA and be rookie yep. in her first year. Mm-hmm. I say something crazy like that. What do you think, Penny? I love it. I love it for the women's basketball in general. She's making, you know, uh, college basketball has already been popular in regards to the women's side, but mm-hmm. she's making it more fun. Even uh, even more men are watching the Oregon Ducks, and you know, Liberty's gonna get her, so they're gonna be they're gonna be in great shape for the future. I know that New York needs a few more pieces. Yeah. MVP is is that a possibility? Yeah, yeah, most definitely, yep. 
Okay, Jay, what do you think? You think that a rookie could come into the WNBA with uh, those grizzled vets and win MVP? I think that's always a possibility in kind of any sport, but it's always a matter of, I think at that point, it's a matter of not so much talent, but it's a mental thing. Once you get there to that big stage, are you going to have the mental fortitude to stay locked in, to play your game, to not be intimidated by all the lights and the, you know, just being on so much bigger a stage, uh, more so than is she talented enough? Because I think she is talented enough. And she's ready. She's already a leader. She's used to the being being the it person. So I think she's ready mentally as well. I mean, she clearly would have been the number one pick had she come out last year. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Yep. Absolutely. But I'm glad she I'm glad she stayed. You got the ducks taking it? Yeah. What do you oh, think, yeah. Jay? Ducks for sure? I honestly, I, up here in Canada, we don't get as much of women's or college basketball, so I'll have to defer to my partner on that one. <laughs> Most definitely, yeah, I've been saying it all season long. They're gonna win it all. They yeah, beat UConn. That. They beat UConn the other day. They didn't just beat them; they smashed them. They smashed them <laughs> in the paint. Um, and she only had ten. I mean, she only had ten points in that game. Yeah, she but the overall team. Sabali, Sabali had big points. So they have a good team. They're going to win it all. So you heard it here first, first, people. Absolutely. Ducks taking the title. Um, Ladies, I am all out of fast break questions. So we can uh, can get a bit of a blow. Uh, We like the Showtime Lakers. We were running. We were going hard. Um, (laughs) We've been on for a good bit. That's everything that we've got. So, um, Hardcore Honeys, I appreciate you letting me come in, fill in for uh, TJ. TJ, I definitely hope that you're somewhere sunning and having fun. But um, that's everything that we got. So uh, thank you guys for letting me fill in a little bit. I definitely appreciate it. Thanks for filling in. You were great. Yep, thank you. Awesome. So uh, that's the uh, end of the Hardcore Honeys podcast. Please comment, like, subscribe, do all that wonderful stuff. Uh, We appreciate it at Belly Up Sports. Thank you all for listening. and. For Penny and Jade, we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you.